You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. Hello and welcome to the Art of History podcast. My name is Amanda Mata and we're going to do things once again a little bit differently this episode. A few days ago I had the intention of sitting down today to record a spooky Halloween episode for you all on Tudor uh, royal ghosts and look at them through their portraiture and kind of break down what's going on there. Um, However, I've had a family emergency that means I need to take some time away and travel a little bit this week. Um, So I'm not going to be able to record a full episode today, but never fear, I still have your visual arts through an audio medium fix ready for you today. I am so happy to be partnering with Kyle Wood, who is the host of Who Arted and Art Smart over on Airwave Media. I'm really happy to be part of this little Airwave uh, family podcasting community now because I've learned about so many like super stellar podcasts. And that definitely includes both Art Smart and Who Arted, which are just great little bite-sized chunks of art history that you can consume on the go. You don't need to necessarily devote as much time or brain space to them um, as if you're trying to sit down and listen to one of my episodes and have these deep conversations with yourself about, yeah, was Queen Charlotte a mixed race woman? You know, you don't necessarily always need to be engaging with art on that level. It is for everyone and it, it it is something enjoyable to just sit down and have be part of your daily life. But most importantly, and I believe this very strongly as well, as Kyle says in the description for Who Arted, art is a form of visual communication that helps us relate to others, understand our past, our present, and envision a better future. Who Arted is a show to help you recognize the genius in all art forms one piece at a time. So today I'm going to be bringing you an episode of Who Arted in my feed, and hopefully you'll go check out some of Kyle's back catalog, um, dive into some of the episodes that he's put out before, because they are all really stupendous. Also check out his other podcast, Art Smart, uh, which kind of breaks down all of this high-level art talk that I find myself falling into sometimes that can make it really difficult to engage with art if maybe you don't have the background and the jargon all memorized. Whether you want to focus on the different elements of design and art or break down these different movements and eras and kind of just figure out what's going on when in art history, Art Smart has you covered there as well. You can listen to either Who Arted or Art Smart wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, etc. But without further ado, today I'm bringing you an episode of Who Arted, which focuses on the Dutch painter Han van Meegren. Now, you might hear that name and think this is going to be kind of a continuation of maybe our Tulip Mania episode that I did a few uh, weeks back at this point. Months? I don't know. Time? What is time? But actually, this episode, I think, is a great companion piece to the last episode of Art of History, where we discussed the Nazi degenerate art show. If, like me, you came out of that episode feeling a little down, a little heavy, my hope is that the story of Han van Meegeren and um, the rabbit hole that is possible to go down after learning about him will make you feel a little bit better. So 
enjoy and I will see you guys back here in November for two episodes of Art of History. I pinky promise. I feel like who art ed? Who art ed? Mr. Wood art ed me. Either way, it works on so many levels. I know. Welcome to Who Arted, where we explore visual arts in an audio medium. I'm your host, Kyle Wood. This week, we're going to be focusing on Han Van Meegren. It's probably not a name most of you know. There was nothing particularly special about Han Van Meegren in the early days. He grew up dreaming of being an artist, and much to his father's disappointment, he decided to go to art school. He attended the Royal Academy of Art in The Hague, And after graduation, he taught art as well as selling some of his own sketches. He actually started to get some attention for his sketches of plants and animals, but with more attention came more scrutiny. After his second solo exhibition, one critic said that Van Meegren had, quote, every virtue except originality. Basically, it was technically strong, but it was boring and uninspired. Well, Van Meegren could not handle that criticism. He just went off about how modern art was terrible and all this other stuff. He moved to the south of France. It sounds like it was a pretty epic tantrum. But here's the thing. This wasn't the end of Han Van Meegren. This was just the beginning. This was the point where Van Meegren broke bad. The late 1930s was a rough time in Europe. Nazis were on the rise, the museums began hiding their most treasured works, even shipping them off to safe locations. As all of these works were floating around in the art world, and many pieces were being hidden, Han van Meegren emerged as an art dealer. Specifically, he talked about having some lost Vermeers. As I explained in the previous episode about the Vermeer stolen from the Isabella Stewart Gartner Museum, there aren't a lot of Vermeer paintings, and much of his biography is unknown. There are, however, some historians who believe that Vermeer studied under an artist who was heavily influenced by Caravaggio. Von Meegren was celebrated for bringing the world the gift of these lost Caravaggio-influenced Vermeer paintings. The critics loved the paintings, and they loved von Meegren for discovering these lost works. He sold them for huge amounts, and over just a few years, he amassed a fortune of about $30 million in today's money. The thing is, van Meegren would sell to anyone with money, including the Nazis. Hermann Goering, Hitler's vice chancellor, was also an art lover. He particularly loved the Vermeer painting he got from Van Meegren. So, in the 1940s, after the war, as they were looking at all of Goering's ill-gotten works, they started to investigate where did Goering get that Vermeer painting. And they couldn't find a lot about it, but they did trace it back to Van Meegren. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. 
Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Now, whatever they expected to hear as his response when they came knocking, asking why Van Meegeren was doing business with the Nazis, I guarantee they were surprised. Van Meegeren declared that he deserved not to be treated as a traitor for letting this great Dutch masterpiece fall into the hands of the Nazis. He said he should be celebrated as a hero. Because what he actually gave the Nazis were fakes. He claimed that by selling and trading these forgeries, he was able to to get 137 authentic Dutch masterpieces from the Nazis. It was an interesting defense, and I mean, like I say, he was on trial for treason. He was facing execution. But he said he wasn't a war criminal. He was a common criminal, a forger. The odd thing is, in this case, the fraud to many people seemed kind of noble, if it were true. It'd be hard for anyone to feel sympathy for the victims of the crime, but most found it too hard to believe. Most thought he was just lying to cover for his own misdeeds. To add a little theatrical flair to the story, Van Meegeren was ordered to prove his claims by creating a forgery under court supervision. And this is how we learned the incredible lengths he went to in creating forgeries that would fool the world. To create a convincing illusion of a 17th century masterpiece, He started with 17th century materials, mostly. He got authentic 17th century canvases, like he took old paintings, scraped the paint off so that he would have genuinely aged canvas to be painting on. Now for the pigments, he used materials that would have been available at the time. Say what you will about Van Meegeren, but he did his homework. He did research what kinds of Uh, pigments, what coloring agents were artists of that time using. He would research the specific artists. Like when he was painting uh, quote-unquote Vermeer, he looked into what pigments, what colors was Vermeer using? How did he derive his colors? And von Meegren would use the same materials. The thing is, over time, when you look at an oil painting, the oil will cure and harden over the years, over the decades, over the centuries. And it's hard to fake that kind of thing. So this was a genius move on his part. He wouldn't really fool people today with the forensic technology that we have. But at the time, they weren't able to look so closely at the works. And so he used... Bakelite. It was sort of like a plastic binder to mix into the paints. And then he baked the canvas to harden it. So it became this hardened plastic 
mixed into the paints, giving it the look and feel of a centuries-old painting. In the end, in dramatic fashion, he was able to reproduce an authentic-looking forgery under supervision. And that left everybody with this strange feeling, like, how do we evaluate, how do we look at this guy? Because, yes, he was a criminal, yes, he was a fraudster, but also, you know, he was conning evil people. So there were a lot of people who looked at him in somewhat a heroic fashion. But he wasn't only conning evil people. He was conning anyone he could get money off of. And so while he was let go from the treason charges, he was sentenced to, I think it was a year for the fraud, for the forgery. He never would serve that term. He, I think, had a heart attack and died before he even got to jail or shortly after he got to jail. But in the story of Von Meegren, I think the most just amazing irony is he's got to be the only con man in history who had to go to such great lengths to prove to everybody that he was a fraud to get himself out of trouble. I think the other thing that's really interesting about the Von Meegren story is what it tells us about what we're valuing in art. I mean, the Von Meegren paintings, when he had his own name attached, were dismissed as unoriginal and not particularly special. But when he slapped someone else's name on them, I mean, when he said it was a lost Vermeer or some other work by a well-known and respected established artist, everybody celebrated those works as astonishing masterpieces. I'm no fan of Van Meegren and no fan of forgeries, but it does raise some interesting questions. And like all great works of art, all great creative endeavors, His forgery scheme worked on several levels, and there are some different ideas and different takeaways you can can glean from it depending on your perspective. You could look at him as a liar, a fraud, a jerk, and a greedy person who was just out to make a quick buck. You could look at him as someone who was sort of calling out the emperor has no clothes, exposing that you know, what people are really chasing in the art world is the status of a label, that something that has that seal of approval is automatically celebrated, regardless of the quality. I think one thing we can all agree on, no matter what your perspective and what you take away from the Von Meegren story, doing business with Nazis is always a bad idea. This concludes this week's episode of Who Arted, part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. If you found this tolerable, please leave a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. You can find images of the work being discussed this week and every week on social media at Who Arted Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And of course, on the website, whoartedpodcast.com. Podcast done. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts.